conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Bobby Darling to do our long-awaited Clone Wars Season 7 episode. We know the show finished a while ago, but that's okay, because Star Wars is always relevant. Bobby, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Pretty good. I'm excited to talk about these, what, 12 episodes here, because they finally gave us some closure. Absolutely. I've just been like a kid in a candy store with all this, uh, you know, additional Clone Wars adjacent uh, media that's been coming out this past year or so, and uh, it just keeps getting better and better. (laughs) Yeah, not to mention that, you know, in December of 2020, because it is now 2021 when everyone is listening to this, Disney announced so much stuff and some of it actually ties into the first arc that we saw this season with the Clone Wars because they announced a Bad Batch show and I thought these characters were a very interesting way to start off the season simply because we hadn't seen so many characters from the Clone Wars in so long that when they gave us this sort of rogue squad of clones you're just like oh, they still had like new stuff and new characters they wanted to show us when season six had whatever happened. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Like they've really mined that whole period uh, for so much. And then there's just more and more content that keeps coming. I've always thought of, you know, the Clone Wars as kind of a, uh, it's prequel adjacent. Uh, Obviously it's, you know, I mean, (laughs) in the era of Attack of the Clones and, and, uh, um, it's, I don't know. I, I, I always thought there would be some kind of a, not an expiration date, but th- at some point they'd be kind of tapped out on exploring that era and it just keeps going and it's, but it bears fruit. It's not like I, I never get bored of it. I never get like, well, or can we hear some new stories? And I, I've really enjoyed the Clone Wars period and their exploration of it a lot more than I enjoyed the sequel trilogy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I get so much fulfillment out of, you know, Ahsoka's journey and, and I mean, I know we'll dive into it, but so much of the nuance of these things that are happening um, concurrently with the things that we saw in the prequel trilogy that have really uh, expanded my, you know, appreciation for all of it. And I, I, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to do that at, at some point with this sequel trilogy um, to kind of enhance it like they've done, you know, with this, you know, all the Filoni uh, stuff has done for the prequels. You know, I, I, I just, I love the prequels, you know, I, I, there's a lot of silly stuff there, but <laughs> that whole, that whole universe, that whole era and, you know, snapshot in time is probably my f- favorite, you know, star Wars era, just because of what they've done with the clone Wars animated series and all of the additional content they, you know, that they've created over the years. Yeah, and you know, I think it's perfectly fine if people only want to watch the live action stuff, but I do think they're missing out on so much because Clone Wars has now gone for seven seasons and you get so much of Anakin's story in particular, whereas if you watch the prequels and then watch the original trilogy, you're still missing a few pieces there. It's like, oh, okay, Anakin became Darth Vader. But I think in the Clone Wars, that's when you really start to see that turn. 
And it's just like a whole piece of the story that you don't necessarily get with the live action movies. And not to mention Ahsoka, who's become one of my favorite Star Wars characters. So I think a lot of people feel that way about her after watching Clone Wars. And, you know, you and I read the Ahsoka book by E.K. Johnston as well, which was really, really good. So Star Wars is very good at giving us just all of this extra information that isn't 100% necessary, but also makes the universe that much more fun. Totally. It never feels like superfluous or anything. It's a, it just enhances the, you yep. know, it adds the, that spice, that secret sauce that, you know, I, I, I've, you know, you mentioned Anakin and, and how they expanded his character so much in Clone Wars. And it's like, it really humanizes that, that person that we kind of just groaned and rolled our eyes at when we saw the original prequel trilogy. And, you know, let's, I think Hayden Christensen is a great actor. You know, I think he was done no favors by, uh, you know, in a lot of ways with the the script, um, with just the energy at the time, kind of what what all conspired to. I don't know. I, I look back a lot more fondly on the prequel trilogy now after, you know, experiencing the Clone Wars animated series and all the other, you know, additional media that's associated with it. And it, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Hayden Christensen wasn't really done justice. And now, uh, you know, I, I, I feel a lot warmer towards the character have a lot more sympathy towards him his descent to the dark side it all just feels a lot more human to me and a lot more relatable so i just yeah i can't recommend you know people diving into this you know the 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 clone wars series and just all the other additional media that i mean the comic books do such a great job as well as far as Mm -hmm. like fleshing fleshing out the character and i mean and also kind of bringing that humanity of anakin into his experience as vader you know we think of vader well previously we thought of vader as this you know just powerful death machine of <laughs> Sith power and stuff. And uh, I don't know, he's he's very much humanized by what we've learned in the Clone Wars, in uh, Rebels, in the comic books. And I, I'm so excited for uh, Hayden Christensen to take up the mantle again in the Obi-Wan series. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, I will watch whatever they give us pretty much. And <laughs> it's one of those things where... I actually came to the Clone Wars really late, like the six seasons had already aired before I even watched any of it. And I think it must have been on Netflix or something at the time before Disney Plus existed. And I just went through and binge watched the whole thing. And I know there's sort of two different orders you can watch stuff in, because if you watch it in the order it was released, it kind of jumps around chronologically a lot. So then some people will go back and watch it chronologically. And I've wanted to do that, but... I've had so many other things to watch for not only this podcast, but my Stephen King podcast. So I'm just like, eh, that's a one day thing. And I did watch the movie as well, which isn't quite as good as the show, but that's okay. And with season seven, you know, I mentioned a little bit ago how it starts off with the Bad Batch. And that was something they had actually planned on doing years before. And so this story arc had kind of been sitting around since 2015, And then they finally got to finish it. And I guess at the 2019 Star Wars celebration, they showed some of the episodes to people who were able to attend that. And then, you know, we finally got it earlier this year, which is kind of crazy timing because that seems so long ago. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like February of this year was not that long ago, but it also seems like an eternity ago. <laughs> it feels like years ago. It's it's absolutely crazy what we're, you know, experiencing right now and the dilation of time, you know, because of it. But it's it makes me really thankful for the media that you know the star wars universe has dropped on us this year you know the ha- having this to watch having the the mandalorian having you know and then just being able to let my imagination run wild since you know the announcement of all these new series the past i mean it really makes me thankful because I, I we just have so much time on our hands and it feels yep. like it's just going so slow <laughs> it really does but i really enjoyed the characters in the bad batch because you could see how something like this could happen it's like when you were creating the clones you can't have a 100% success rate sure so I thought that was a very fun look at it did you enjoy how this season started because it did seem a little weird because you're like oh okay they're just gonna hit us with new characters right away (laughs) I'll be honest I mean I say this from perspective of somebody who absolutely adores this series and I you know it's it's like pizza even when it I mean when there were Jar Jar episodes I was still like bring it on I'm (laughs) in uh I don't care uh but yeah this this season I was so excited for and it 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 felt it started off a little bit as far as piquing my interest it it was a little bit slow for me you know like I I really wanted to dive in with Ahsoka I wanted to die you know especially after our experience with Rebels and all the revelations from that series you know I was just I was so ready for more of that and you know so the the Bad Batch stuff was and I've always loved the clones and everything but I was just kind of like all right can we get back to (laughs) you know the meat and potatoes which is to me Ahsoka like she's she to me she's the my favorite thing in the whole star wars universe like i just i absolutely adore her i love her arc i love her understanding of the force i love her her journey with anakin i love her understanding of the jedi masters like all of it so i was just ready for her to come back in a major way and i mean the end of the the season just ramps up and ramps up towards her really for me and and you know so it gets there but at first i was just kind of like okay clones with special abilities cool you know like it's more it's more like kind of nerd minutia that I love, but I right. was like kind of, I was waiting for those big swings, which we get later on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, they just want to remind you that Anakin's really bad at working with other people these first few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, always a fun time to see, you know, that sort of struggle within him. And that's how we really do get to see the turn because you're like, okay, Anakin seemed like he really wanted to do the right thing, help the people out. And then it wasn't like such a quick turn as the prequels maybe make it seem. It was something that lingered and lingered. And then I think Ahsoka leaving him was something that really sort of triggered that downfall. And, you know, with the fifth episode, we get to spend a lot more time with Ahsoka now this season. You're just like, all right, episode five, here we go. We have until episode 12 to really get a lot of this Ahsoka story. And when we see her, she is hiding everything that she once was. And I think we can both agree that the book was kind of the same way. You know, she wasn't just like, oh, I used to be a Jedi, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, like she wasn't going around (laughs) flaunting it, basically. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about these characters holistically and not compartmentalizing them to either the movies or the, sh- the series um, or any of the, the peripheral uh, pieces of media. Um, 
you get such a broader and more uh, filled out actual human being. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think about that with with Anakin, like you were saying, with his his turn to the dark side, because it's it feels so sudden in in the the films. Um, you know, he's he turns in uh, Darth Sidious to mace windu and they go up there and then whoops i'm a sith (laughs) and (laughs) you're like and huh in the in the series it's really great as you know this this you know latest season really you know enhances it even more his descent and his turn you know it it does just feel fleshed out and it feels like uh you know you you'd notice he starts wearing darker colors like he starts uh all these these things that that kind of start uh, you know he's, he's not getting along with people he's being a little bit more head strong he's um you know things are grading on him there's definitely like a spiral taking place uh and you know even he doesn't isn't aware of it you know and that's it it really makes it it makes the the movies make a lot more sense for me so yeah it's (laughs) yeah and this first episode with ahsoka she is basically befriending trace and you see that tension because she's like okay I trust this person enough to kind of show who I am a little bit, but then her sister comes into play and there's this whole ordeal and Ahsoka is really just trying to help one person out and she pays so much for it because she's just like, okay, how do I do this without revealing myself? She reveals herself and then it's like all hell breaks loose. And (laughs) I think the way they had her story roll out and had us catch up with her was consistent with the core of her character. You know, yes, she left Anakin behind, but she has always just wanted to help people. And in the first six seasons, we see how she's betrayed numerous times. You know, she is blamed for this thing that she didn't do. She's framed for it. And you really get this feeling that she wants to trust people, but it's so hard for her given everything that she had gone through when she was with the Jedi Order. Yeah, and I think she kind of serves as the avatar for the audience um, in a lot of respects because, you know, her understanding of the Force and the dark side and, and the, you know, all of it was so uh, black and white and so kind of dogmatic uh, to begin with. And, you know, her evolution, you know, it, it all kind of ties into her understanding of the Force and the Jedi and, and you know, her evolution into the Grey and what she becomes um, is very much aligned with my journey and my understanding of Star Wars. You know, I, I, I grew up, you know, Darth, Darth Vader was the bad guy. Yoda was the best. I love the Ewoks. You know, there's all these very simple, uh, you know, things. That my, my understanding of it was very simple and it evolved so much, um, you know, over time watching the prequels, watching the Clone Wars, but especially with Ahsoka's journey and, you know, when she is framed uh, and, you know, her disillusionment with the Jedi Order and kind of understanding that these are fallible you know, beings that that are coming up with this doctrine that they're all following and that it, it's not necessarily in tune with what the force wills. And so, uh, you know, I, I think and maybe that's our collective journey with Star Wars is that our understanding of it all, you know, evolves over time. And sometimes, you know, like we've seen with the sequel trilogy, uh, you know, the audience isn't ready to make some of those leaps in our, you know, in our personal journeys as far as like, uh, you know, 
evolving with our understanding of the force of the Jedi of force sensitive people like all of it because we saw a lot of backlash against some of the I guess moves that they made as, as far as trying to adjust people's understanding of it I think if that makes sense I know I'm rambling but <laughs> <laughs> no I think it does and I think a lot of people went into this season in particular expecting to catch up on Ahsoka specifically because yeah we all know how Anakin's story ends. There's no surprises really left to be had. Obviously, you still have plenty character-wise with him, but it's like, okay, we know who he is at this point in time, and we know what happens to him. So, you sure. know, you still have plenty of story to be told, but I don't think that they were anticipating on doing anything that would you know, change how we felt or what we knew about Anakin as a character. And the nice thing is that with Ahsoka, we didn't know what happened to her really, unless, you yeah. know, you read the book and you kind of could start filling in some blanks, but we didn't know what her return would look like. And we get an entire story arc before she, you know, really returns, so to speak. It's just like, hey, we're going to catch up with her. And then, you know, in one of the episodes, Bo-Katan returns as well. And yeah. she, you know, takes her helmet off and was like, okay, Death Watch is gone. So you get that whole story arc being wrapped up as well. Because when you're watching the first six seasons, you're kind of like, okay, so much happens. They do spend quite a bit of time on the Death Watch story, if I'm not mistaken. They did a really nice job of not having too many one-off episodes. They're like, we're going to give you a full story that would almost be movie length, you know, a, a shorter yeah. movie, granted, because these episodes are all 20-something minutes. But, you know, if you put three or four of them together, that's a decent size story in Star Wars. And I think, you know, with this season being 12 episodes, that was a good amount to sort of give us three-ish stories where you're just kind of like, okay, you start with the Bad Batch, you have the storyline with Ahsoka and Trace, and then that leads us into, you know, sort of this bigger finale, which is just so well done. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely, I, I you know, you get the tingles, like the, the goosebumps with uh, Maul coming into frame and, you know, the, I guess the, just the interweaving of this side of the story that we weren't privy to when we were watching Revenge of the Sith. You know, it's like, uh, it's it's really like, oh, I just, I'm getting chills just even thinking about it right now. The, the dimension, you know, to the story that's added in, you know, over the course of this season uh, is just, it's really satisfying and it, it makes Revenge of the Sith a better film. It makes the whole prequel trilogy better. Yeah. I also love when the clones paint their helmets in honor of Ahsoka and it, it just kicks off that whole final section so well and that's you know old friends not forgotten so that is season seven obviously episode nine so at this point we're like hitting that final story and then they bring in Maul and then you see Vader and he just knows that Ahsoka was here and Oof. the whole like reflection in the eyes and everything and you're just like oh my god it is so so good and <laughs> it makes me so glad that they were finally able to wrap this up because i think as soon as disney announced disney plus everyone was like okay here we go they have to do this because i don't want to say that they ever have to do anything in service of the fans but 
this really just felt like it got cut short. And I think they would have been doing themselves a disservice if they didn't wrap up Clone Wars at some point. Yeah, I I agree. It's 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 kind of a chicken or the egg thing sometimes where I wonder, you know, like, did did they stumble? Because, I mean, the the early seasons of Clone Wars is kind of a mixed bag at times where they do have those those one off episodes that are just kind of a lark where they're like, hey, let's yeah. let's do a funny episode or let's follow some droids around or let's follow Jar Jar or they needed and, and, filler. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you know, they probably had a blast making them. But 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 then, you know, you have these episodes that really resonate and and then you wonder, you know, were they planning on expanding on those ideas before? people started responding to them or did they realize, Hey, we've got something here. Let's expand this later on. And, uh, it seems it's, you know, I like to think that it's all by design because, you know, you see Ahsoka's got her, her show coming out and, you know, her appearance in the Mandalorian was just incredible. And, um, you know, it it makes me think like, okay, they were, they were planning for this for a long time. They want, you know, this was something they had hoped for, but, but then you wonder maybe some of it was just a happy accident that like, man, this Ahsoka thing really uh, came together. Let's, (laughs) let's keep it going. And, um, yeah, but I, I, I do just really, really enjoy her, her arc this season and, you know, where she goes. And it's it's very exciting, especially her relationship with Anakin and letting us know just with a little wink that there's there's still Anakin inside of that Darth Vader mask, you know, yeah. and and that Ahsoka, the thought of her kind of brings the humanity out of him. And it makes me excited, you know, to see where they go with his character on the Obi-Wan series. And if there's any overlap with Ahsoka again, cause I would love that. <laughs> All of the Ahsoka, Bobby and I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just inject it into my veins. <laughs> exactly. And I've always really loved the Ahsoka and Rex relationship as well, because it's not super often that you really get to dive into any of the clones. We have seen it happen, obviously, but I think Rex became one of those characters that the fans really love, too, because they also decide to bring him back in Rebels. And then you have them bringing Ahsoka back in Rebels, and everything kind of comes full circle there. And I really just liked getting those moments with the two of them in this, because I think it wouldn't have been as faithful to the first six seasons if they didn't give us that. They can't just be like, Ahsoka and Anakin, here we go. Instead, they bring back Maul. And that whole story is really, really well done because we see what happens to him in Rebels. So again, it's kind of just filling in these blanks. And I think they had a little more leeway with what they did with Maul's story here, though, because even though we know what happens to him, there's still so much unknown about his character in comparison to Anakin, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's interesting that he was, you know, privy to what occurred between, you know, Anakin, Mace Windu, and Palpatine. Um, you know, that he wasn't in on the plan, obviously, but that he was, you know, he he was adjacent to it and that it it kind of affected his machinations you know as time goes on uh, and it's i don't know it's it's interesting to me how he goes from uh, that's something i just kind of want filled in is how he goes from the end of this season to the the person that he is uh when we you know see his end with with obi-wan you know um 
I I don't know. That's that's fascinating to me, and I want to see how a you know the A to B story there. So I I hope we get to see more of him with some of these series that are coming out because I'm not done with Darth Maul yet. <laughs> like I I th- I think he's just one of the coolest characters, and uh and, and again, and this is just I I guess I keep just beating this dead horse, but it's it's just one more character from the prequels that you know was he he looked very cool you know we didn't get enough time with him in the prequel films um and then this series uh, and and rebels you know is able to like just really flesh out and turn into a three-dimensional character that you uh you empathize with and you're fascinated with and you want to spend more time with and it's i mean he's really been done a, a great service from the series and with the animated shows, it's not like they're specifically made for children. It's yeah. obviously like a gateway for kids to get into Star Wars. But I think everything that they cover in the Clone Wars and Rebels in particular is definitely more geared towards like hardcore Star Wars fans. And oh, I would yeah. say of the animated shows, you know, I also watched Star Wars Resistance, which was on one of the Disney channels. I'm not 100 <laughs> yeah. percent sure which one it might have been the same one as rebels but that one felt like it was more geared towards kids because it's like it didn't add a ton to the lore in the same way that clone wars and rebels did it's like in resistance poe shows up but you don't really get like this whole group of characters that we've seen in the live action movies so for me watching that one i was like okay, you know, that was like a fun little Star Wars trip, but it kind of felt like it was this complete other universe that we were watching. Whereas with this, you're just so ingrained in, you know, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, you know, these characters, if you've watched those things. Should I watch Resistance? You know, it was only two seasons, I think. And if you're going to be quarantined for a little bit, you know, it might just be a fun (laughs) little thing. Because it's not super long, you know, it's like something you can have on in the background and you'll still get the gist of what's happening. Okay, so it's not like compelling like Clone Wars. No, I didn't find it nearly as compelling as Clone Wars or Rebels, but it's like, hey, I want to have a Star Wars thing on that I don't have to pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. I think you also get Phasma in that one, maybe. Oh, okay. See, that's I, I think about a character like that that was underserved with these new films and you know, and I, I face the the dark the dark night of the soul where where I'm like, gosh, these new movies didn't really do justice to these characters. But then I think about how they were able to, you know, do a little retconning and a lot of justice to the characters from the prequel trilogy um, with the Clone Wars series. And I so I, I don't lose hope. Like I think that you know someone like Phasma who. You, you see the preview for that, you know, The Force Awakens, and you're like, oh, who's this bright chrome uh, trooper? Looks amazing. And and then you just really don't get any time with the character. and or But that was probably the same experience for people with Boba Fett, you know, like yeah. from the, the original ser- yeah. series. Because it's like this, this great looking character who's like the coolest thing you ever seen and he's a cool action figure and but then he's just in the sarlacc pit and it's like peace <laughs> and uh, you know but then now we're i mean we've we, obviously we've been you know spent time with with Django and and um and now Boba Fett again in uh freaking uh the Mandalorian so it makes me think like yeah a character like Phasma a character like Finn um you know these these different characters that maybe 
weren't handled in the best way in the sequel series yeah maybe we'll get get to spend more time with them in some other you know form of media maybe an animated series maybe a disney plus show maybe you know just some way I, i'm so excited to spend time with uh cassian andor in yeah. uh on the disney plus show you know it's like i loved rogue one don't get me wrong i don't think that's a character that was underserved or anything but i'm so excited to spend more time with him and to have him fleshed out and you know yeah, so like I I think about that, you know, back to the Clone Wars that we're talking about is like the, this series just has done justice to so many characters that were kind of done wrong, if you ask me, <laughs> in the right. in the films. And and so I, I hope that there's an opportunity to do that with some of this, the sequel series uh, characters. And again, like you said, they have so much ancillary material. So you could read books, you could read the comics. Like I had started reading the Poe Dameron comic, which is just sort of this fun look at the character so far. There's the Phasma book, which I highly recommend that if anyone wants to know more about Phasma's character, because you don't really get any history for that character in the sequel trilogy. So that kind of goes into her backstory and kind of gets you to that trilogy and when she finally appears. So, you know, I'm a giant book nerd, hence why I also (laughs) host a Stephen King podcast. And Bobby can see three bookshelves behind me of five that are in this room. (laughs) So you really get a deeper understanding of the universe as a whole, if you're willing to dive into all of the material. And again, you don't have to, but there's even like Clone Wars books I have one sitting behind me on the shelf and, you know, you have the art of the series books. Like I have the art of Star Wars Rebels over on another shelf and it just gives you this inside look into things that they can't necessarily go into in the show for whatever reason. And what I love about season seven too, is that they didn't force, you know, 20 to 24 episodes. They were like, Hey, we have 12 episodes for you. This should wrap up a lot of, questions that you have it might not wrap up all of them because i think if i'm remembering correctly there was like some weird yoda story arc that kind of never got wrapped up yeah there's that that whole um what were they called the lost missions yeah right and he and he uh he goes to um kind of explore the source of of the force and the wills and like all this stuff and it was like very obscure but very cool it was like I, I remember I uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I actually watched those episodes. I don't know if they would have been included on Netflix or if it was something you had to like seek out elsewhere. So so they added them eventually. And okay. I, I, I was off work for like a whole year because I tore my rotator cuff. And so I was like on uh, painkillers watching that whole season. And that that whole arc where Yoda is like, you know, just gaining an understanding of the force and understanding that the the Jedi kind of got it wrong. It's just like fascinating, but especially when you're on painkillers, like, yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, man!" <laughs> it was it was the wildest experience watching that when I was like just high on prescription meds. <laughs> that must have been quite the experience. And I know we've kind of done broad strokes about the season so far, but were there any particular moments that really stood out to you as like I absolutely love that they did this? Anytime Maul is on screen, I'm just like yep. dying. Like I'm like I can't believe that this exists. Uh, but like you know, Maul and Ahsoka interacting is just so fascinating to me. Just as much as you know, Maul interacting with Ezra was fascinating to me. It's I he's such a great foil because he's he's incredibly smart. He's wrong. He's wrong about a lot of stuff. Um, 
but he's he's also not wrong about a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, he's very you know, calculated too. He doesn't yeah. really go into anything unless he has a way to get out of it. And I think Thrawn in Rebels too is that same uh, kind of character. He's even more strategic. He might be the most strategic Star Wars character we've ever yeah. seen. And you see how even though things go wrong for those characters at times, they're never gone. They're always going to bounce back. And we see that with Maul because so many people thought he was dead. Yeah. And he's just like, nah, I've just been chilling in a cave. With robot legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I, I think that what's fascinating about him is what he reveals about the other characters that he interacts with. Like that always does a lot for me because he, he kind of, his, one of his gifts is that he kind of, picks at you know he finds the cracks and he starts picking at them the things that people have doubts about the things that could seduce someone to the dark side um and and the jedi were so you know puritanical that they didn't examine those things which left them you know vulnerable uh they, they were so uh, arrogant and sure that they were right about stuff that they wouldn't even consider some of the things that he brings up that he kind of exposes with some of them and and i think that you know ahsoka is kind of the the flip side to that coin where you know she leaves the jedi order will you know she chooses to do so uh because she she wants to be cognizant of those things because i think that she you know grasps that you know this this one-dimensional flat idea of what the force is uh is wrong and, and that the, the jedi don't they don't quite get it and and that's why we keep seeing these guys turn to the dark side and, and just fuck shit up it keeps happening over and over and over again and it's like and they're not they keep doing the same thing and keep thinking that oh well that guy was just an asshole and and it's like well well no like count dooku wasn't an asshole and qui-gon wasn't an asshole even though he didn't go to the dark side but you know his his wily ways and his you know he, he went wide of the jedi order a lot and was always pissing right. them off but he wasn't wrong, you know, and and I don't think that I, I think that Dooku was was right about a lot of stuff, you know, and he eventually was seduced because of, of you know, some of those those pieces of friction he had with the Jedi Order. But but I think that his, you know, decision to go astray from them probably wasn't any more wrong than Ahsoka's was to begin with, you know, and um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of gray and a lot of room between you know, the the Jedi Order and the guys who think that they're, you know, in the right all the time and Palpatine. There's a lot of space between, you know, those two ends of the spectrum. And uh, and there's there's a lot of, I guess, room for navigating that that Maul understands. And he but he you know, he navigates it in a, a very malicious way and is always trying to you know, screw somebody over like you can't trust him. <laughs> but right. But he is navigating those areas. And I think that like someone like Qui-Gon, and it's interesting that Qui-Gon met his end at Maul's hands, you know, because they both operated within that kind of gray area, you know, and, and I think had a probably a lot in common as far as their understanding of the force and their understanding that the Jedi were wrong. I think Qui-Gon's no fool. Like, I think that that's a guy who was like, he knew better than the, the Jedi Order did. And that's why he, he was, <laughs> they were always pissed at him. <laughs> Yeah, it Sorry to nerd out. I nerded out big time there. <laughs> no, I love it. Love it. We can always nerd out about Star Wars here. And you know, I get the feeling 
me and a bunch of guests will be doing that a lot in the near future, given how much they announced. Like so there much, are so many shows, and I know you were actually on our friend Jacob and Mike's podcast, Bantha Fodder, to talk yep. about all of those. So I'll link to that in the show notes too for anyone who wants even more Star Wars content from Bobby. And <laughs> I really just loved how they handled all of the characters. We get this opening where we spend a little time with Anakin. And sure, the Bad Batch maybe aren't the most interesting characters in the season because we're just kind of like antsy to get to, you know, the characters that we've grown to love over the first six seasons of the show. And even the ones you don't love, because I don't know how many people end up loving Anakin by the end of Clone Wars, but he's so compelling in this series in comparison to the prequel trilogy because you know a lot of people are like he's very whiny there but (laughs) you know here we get some of those more complexities with his character and you know ahsoka befriending trace in that first story arc that she's in and even just getting the spice running you know that's just something where you're just like that's this little piece of the star wars universe that we are probably not the most interested in, but they always make it very interesting. Like any stories involving spice runners, you know, something bad's going to happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think, I think it's also uh, telling that they, they spent so much time, you know, in a previous season uh, on the uh, Ahsoka, you know, the plot where she is um, framed and ultimately ends up leaving the Jedi order uh, and all of that. It's, I feel like that was shown to kind of flesh out Anakin's, um, you know, distrust of the Jedi Order. I think that, I think that, you know, he, by the time he, you know, uh, betrays Mace Windu and sides with Palpatine, um, I think that by, by that point, you know, he has come completely full circle and i would assume he probably is like yeah man the jedi did ahsoka dirty yeah and that man these guys are wrong about a lot of stuff and, and you know that jedi's name uh Bar- barris Afi, right so you know she wasn't wrong either you know like her her yeah. understanding of the jedi and that there's there's some crooked shit going on here and wasn't she just like padme's assistant person too or something either that or she was like undercover or something there was something weird <laughs> there because I remember, let me look up the character just so I don't yeah. completely screw this up. But I know she was a Padawan. You know, because Anakin would always go and, you know, like escort her places and stuff. Ahsoka was often with her, but I get the feeling she was just like there sometimes. My feeling is that, you know, she and Ahsoka and Anakin and Dooku and all of these people that were associated with the Jedi who eventually drifted into gray and then sometimes dark uh, sides of the force. Um, none of them are wrong. You know, it's like, I, I feel like, like all of them actually had a pretty accurate read on what was going on, but because there was, there was no conduit for that, no outlet for it. No, nobody wise enough to address it. Um, you know, that it, it, usually leads to one place which is to them being seduced by the dark side yeah and i did get confused she was part of the team that was sent to rescue padme so i knew there was a padme connection there i was like she was there somewhere with padme (laughs) 
Look, the first six seasons were so long ago, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. This is this is all. <laughs> we're just taking trips down memory lane with the, with the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like I, you know, like I. I really enjoy that ambiguous, you know, side of things where, where they're kind of like, ah, this isn't, this doesn't necessarily add up. And, and I think, I feel like that cognitive dissonance is, you know, such a, a huge piece of Anakin's descent, you know, where they're, the Jedi are saying one thing, but the reality of it isn't quite that. And that's why he becomes disillusioned and why, you know, he ends up making the decisions that he makes. And a lot you know and that all played that all plays into you know his relationship with padme and the expectations on him and and all that kind of stuff and they it's i feel like they just put such a nice cap on it in this season of of the clone wars um you know especially through ahsoka's eyes uh and it's but then i, I want to say they put a cap on it but now that we know we're gonna actually spend some more time with Anakin slash Darth Vader in the Obi-Wan series. Um, you know, all of that is seen through the the lens of what we see in this season of Clone Wars. And so uh, I just, I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm like just chomping at the bit to see that. Yeah, I am just so thrilled with so many Star Wars things right now. You know, <laughs> I've been buying up so many of the like reference kind of books, like the like I said, the art of Rebels, but then I have the ones for Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, even though those aren't necessarily my favorites. I, I really do like what they did with The Last Jedi, but I also just have like concept books where they just kind of run through concepts that they had. And it's kind of crazy how much is out there to where if you really, really want to dive deep into Star Wars, you could, one, spend so much money, as I have done, <laughs> but it seems like there's an endless stream of content to where you can literally just consume Star Wars content and be a very busy person. It's, I mean, it's it's going to be crazy. It's kind of something, you know, I feel like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is something that we never, you know, could have expected as kids that we would get such a rich tapestry of all this stuff that all exists in one universe. You know, we always kind of dreamed of that for for Star Wars stuff when we were kids and when we got the prequel trilogy it was like wow more Star Wars how cool um and and then we've gotten so much more material over the years it's been very cool but nothing like what's coming i mean it's it's pretty wild how we're just going to be like immersed in this stuff in the next couple of years and yeah it's a great time to be alive <laughs> before the sequel trilogy came out i had only seen the six previous Star Wars movies once maybe. And so it wasn't really until Disney bought Lucasfilm and started bringing all of this content back. Obviously, you have the Legends novels, which yeah. there are way more of those than I thought there were. <laughs> I was texting our friend Jacob and I was like, there's so many. I was like, what have I done? Because I started picking up some of them. And I was like, wait, I have book one and five. Need to go find two, three and four now. <laughs> you know, and they're doing the same thing. But I think with the story group at Lucas, they're very good at keeping things like, okay, here are the characters. Here are the characters we're bringing back from Legends. You know, Thrawn was yeah. one of the big Legends characters who made his way into the new canon. And obviously you have your main characters from, you know, the previous Legends novels and everything because they were in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. But I think they have not necessarily wiped the slate clean, 
but they've just been, I think, a little more hands-on and a little more tight-lipped about what is happening with these characters. Because from what I can tell with Legends, you know, Jake was saying, Pretty much anyone could write a Star Wars book, you know, back then, which is Fan, why... Fanfic. Yeah, which is why they ended up with so many, but I think they have some tighter restrictions now, which people, you know, might not always love, but I think they do a very nice job of kind of knowing what fans want while also not sacrificing the story to give fans what they want. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's a canon thing, you know, mm-hmm. like ever ever since the sequel trilogy, there was one piece of media that came out before oh, it was the Clone Wars series. Uh but the, you know, but ever since the sequel, you know, trilogy came out, um everything every piece of media that they make is going to be you know, canon from now on and the stuff that happened before that, but after the prequel films was considered legend, right? So like all the books that came out in that time period are, are legend and, and not canon. Um, and it's, it's interesting the stuff that they've picked and chosen to bring forward, like yeah. Thrawn, you know, the really great things that like, I'm like, well, that's awesome that Thrawn's here. And he like more than lives up to what, you, you know, you hoped for when they, they brought him in, uh, to the animated series because it's like Thrawn's just one of the best parts of Star Wars now. And, and we're going to get a live action version of him. You know, it's like, cause they're obviously Ahsoka is talking about him yeah. on Mandalorian. And you're just like, you can't oh have God. that name drop and then not give us the character, you know, dude, we're, we're, Thrawn's coming. Yeah. And we know that with Clone Wars too, it's like, we can't see Ahsoka without seeing Anakin as Vader. Yeah. But do you have any final sort of thoughts on anything in particular that happened in season seven? I know we've done more broad strokes here, and I think that's simply because (laughs) we haven't seen this since earlier this year. You know, now since last year, by the time everyone is hearing this. So, you know, I think it was just really well done all around because they didn't give us too much, which enabled them to keep it pretty concise with their storytelling. I like when Ahsoka frees Maul. <laughs> like, that's really cool. Because you're like, I understand the reasoning for it. You know, she she basically needed him to just create some chaos. Uh, yeah. But, but it's like, you know, you're basically releasing like one of the most dangerous people in the galaxy, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's like shit. I mean, that's what the stakes were. You know, it's like, you like, I mean, I I'd, I'd probably think like the, the two or three most dangerous people in the galaxy at this point maybe would be like Palpatine, Yoda, um, and then Darth Maul. I mean, you know, it's like, because uh, Mace Windu's presumed dead at this point. Like there's, there's, um, I don't know. There's, there's not, uh, Dooku's dead. Uh, there's not really a lot of, and you're like, this is literally like the, the second big bad in the whole galaxy and you're gonna like set him free it's just like that's that's really fascinating to me and he you know and he he causes some serious trouble later on down the line because we you know rebels uh chronologically takes place after all of this right mm-hmm. yeah so so uh, you know which is, is interesting because we see a lot of maul and ahsoka in rebels and um knowing that they have already had this interaction and the things that they're aware of um, you know, I guess we kind of gain some perspective into where they're coming from in the Rebels series. So you can kind of go back and 
uh, watch that through a new lens, yeah. which is which is interesting. But but yeah, like just when when she sets him free and like uh, just all the shit that goes down and stuff is like if I would go back and like kind of like highlight some stuff, it's like the series. It's a slow. This uh, season is a slow burn, but when it gets to that stuff, it's just like it is like must watch. I can't take my eyes off the screen kind of stuff. Yeah, because there's this moment too where Rex and the other clones are willing to sacrifice themselves in order to save Ahsoka. And she's like, no, you know, you guys aren't just these clones who can be sacrificed. I mean, obviously that is the literal purpose they were created for, but she's come to see them as so much more. She's not willing to let them sacrifice themselves for her. And that whole sequence there was just so well done. And then, you know, you have her jumping out of the ship and then, you know, hitting all of the debris and going down. And, oh, man, this season visually was just so, so good. They really hit you with lots of those powerful, not only emotional moments, but visual moments where you're just like, it's a gut punch. Yeah, there were definitely some some wow visuals that that kind of uh, made me think of Avatar as far as like the scale of some of the action set pieces and stuff. You know, like I um, that in particular just makes me think uh, I don't want to get geeky with Avatar stuff. But, (laughs) you know, like it it reminded me of some of the intricate, you know, action set pieces that, you know, where Neytiri in Avatar is to me like a very... um, an analog kind of to, to Ahsoka um, and their, their physicality and that kind of stuff. And so it was seeing that kind of stuff was really cool. And on, on that note, just like, gosh, in the Mandalorian, when Ahsoka comes out, you know, and you see her doing her thing with her lightsabers, it's just like, Oh my God, I've like died and gone to heaven. This is, <laughs> I'm seeing this in the flesh. Like I've, you know, you see the animated series and it's like, it's awesome, but it is an animated series. And like, you're just seeing it, you know, unfold in reality is just like, it's just crazy. It's like your imagination coming to life. (laughs) Yeah. I do have to give a shout out to episode 10's title because it's the Phantom Apprentice. And I just love that so much. I was like, oh, yes. It's like you see that title and you're like, I need to know what happens in this episode specifically. And, you know, (laughs) the last one is titled Victory and Death. So, you know, you're in for something big with that one. And yeah, yeah, this was the kind of closure I think a lot of Clone Wars fans, including us, needed for this season. Yeah, I like what you brought up, too, about them humanizing the clones. And, you know, through Ahsoka as our avatar, you know, it's like she cares about them and we do too you know and so yeah. i and i hate I, I hate that i come across like i'm taking a dump on the bad batch because like they they're clones too and like i i like you said it's like we were so excited for what was going to come that we knew was coming that like having to get through that felt kind of like a grind but I, i'm i'm excited to see that series because i know you know those guys don't they do no wrong like this this whole this whole team behind the, you know the animated series is just like uh, even when they digress into those weird one-off stories, it's still satisfying. And like, I think the Bad Batch series is going to be really cool. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with those characters and spend more time with them. Yeah. It was just like, maybe they should have kind of flipped the order and given us some like that Ahsoka and Trace storyline first. Just a little bit and then go into the Bad Batch stuff. <laughs> yeah, because then it would have kind of split up the Ahsoka story in a way that I think would have given you a little more tension because 
you would have had to wait instead of like eight episodes straight of what Ahsoka's doing, you would have like that first four and you could kind of linger with it. And then yeah. you would have Anakin and the Bad Batch. And obviously they had those episodes done and like the idea for them done prior to this, way prior to this, obviously, that I think they just wanted to start with this stuff that they had been sitting on for so long. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. That's. I guess that is another thing to consider is that it, there doesn't f- feel like there's the connective tissue through line. You know, it's all about the the same period and you know some of the characters overlap and stuff. But it's like that. Some of the plot of the Bad Batch stuff feels a little bit superfluous to what I felt the season was really about and what the uh-huh. series is really about. Because it's and I keep coming back to this, but like you know the the whole thing just keeps coming back to ahsoka you know and it's it's no coincidence that we we center on her as the series wraps up but i um god are are they really not going to ever do another season <laughs> i mean i don't know i haven't heard anything about it and you would think the investor day would have been when they were like hey we'll give you a little more clone wars but i think <laughs> because i'm curious to see how you know the live action ahsoka show goes because yeah i don't think they've really given us much about it but i do think it's going to run in parallel to the mandalorian as far as the timeline goes because then i think there's supposed to be like some crossover thing when ahsoka ends and what i assume would be season three of mandalorian again i am always confused by timelines so you know i (laughs) I need to look at a timeline and be like okay this took place here this took place here and these things overlap and these things i need the visual timeline in order to keep it straight they jump around a lot in the star wars universe yes it's it's pretty i mean obviously we started with episode four i mean (laughs) and then it it's that's it's a crazy thing but especially just this past couple years it's gotten a little bit hazy with uh you know, watching Rebels and stuff and then watching this last season of Clone Wars and, you know, reconciling that, okay, this happened before Rebels, so this is stuff that Ahsoka's already aware of and this is stuff that Maul's yeah. already aware of and, you know, Maul is aware of Anakin's descent to the dark side at the time that he is trying to seduce Ezra, you know, and like all that stuff is like, it's, it it's, you definitely have to kind of pump the brakes and go like, okay, I got to reframe all this and make sure I'm understanding this right. Because it's, it's, you know, playing into their motivations and especially with someone like Maul, who's always scheming because you, you know, he's up to something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it's a very good thing that Star Wars wiki exists (laughs) (laughs) no kidding and that people like you and uh, jake uh are there for me to like just run something by hold on a second (laughs) am i crazy or is this when this happens (laughs) yeah Uh. (laughs) well bobby thank you so much for coming back on to talk more about clone wars you know (laughs) i don't think we anticipated waiting quite this long but life got a little crazy so you know i hope everyone who is listening to this has watched it because if not we definitely spoiled everything (laughs) (laughs) it's all spoiled we should make up some fake spoilers and just (laughs) just to throw people off the track (laughs) yeah yeah but i'm sure you will be back for some other star wars content because like we said there's so much of it to come. And I know you will read some of the books too. So maybe I'll have to uh, find time to read some more Star Wars books here soon. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I think I, I, I can't wait to see what kind of uh, content you and Jake are both pumping out with all these new uh, series coming out and stuff. It's, it's the, the golden age of Star Wars. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me on. This is just a blast. I love talking about all this, this just geeky, geeky stuff. I can't get enough. <laughs> that is why this podcast exists. <laughs> All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group, where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at GeekdomPod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.